All right, Ethan, I have a question for you. Did you ever in your life think that you would live to see the day that there would be a Gilligan's Island reference on Star Trek Discovery? Um, I guess it never occurred to me, no. Although, I have something to say about that. Yep. I know it's been a real source of discussion out there in the Trekiverse. Um, yep. So interestingly, when Kovic says, uh, when, when he's questioned on it, he says it's a figure of speech, right? right? He doesn't say it's a reference. So I doubt that anyone thought this hard about it. But often figures of speech were references at one point in the past, and then they just became so much connected to just meaning something totally different. And then the original thing they were referring to has gotten lost. So in a so weird way. So you don't way, know where it came from. You kind of, right, yeah. but it still has yeah. a meaning. But I like to think that it could be highly possible that at some point Gilligan's Island got rebooted. It got revived. Yeah. Maybe it's like Gilligan's or, Planet. Or way out wherever they are, right? It doesn't take a long time for those TV broadcast waves to get out there, so maybe they're just getting Gilligan's Island. Possibly, yeah. That Yeah, that was... It's you know it's rare that Star Trek actually makes references like that, like real world like pop culture references like that. So I was a little, yeah. um, I was a little surprised by that. But it was a little bit surprising. Yeah, because even in the original series, where I think was probably the most guilty of it, although um, Next Gen also, but it yep. was more older things. So, like, you had a lot of classical music references, Shakespeare. Right, uh, right. Musicals in Next Gen. Yeah. Uh, Sherlock Holmes, things like that, like older culture. Right, not like... Well, I can actually make a weird connection to the original series that way. So, like, a Is Six it? Degrees thing. So, Gilligan's Island was created by Lloyd, by Sherwood Schwartz, who created the Brady Bunch, which was filmed on the Paramount lot at the same time, briefly, as the original series was. Wow. So it's like a two degrees of, uh, would that be two degrees of Star Trek? Three degrees of Star I, Trek right there. I can yeah. just imagine Greg Brady and Spock in line at the cafeteria. At the Paramount Commissary. Well, I read some story one time that I think it was, I either read it or heard it someplace, that when they were actually filming the original pilot for the Brady Bunch, Florence Henderson was getting her makeup done in between Shatner and Nimoy. Oh, wow. She was using, they were using like their makeup art. So she was, as they were getting ready to film, because that show came on in 69 and they must have filmed the pilot at some time during the original series final season. Yeah. So, yeah. It would be funny if she closed her eyes, you know, and took a little nap while they drew the makeup and she woke up and she was green. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what episode are we discussing today? We're discussing episode number 10. The Galactic Barrier, directed by Deborah Campmeyer, written by Anne Kofel Saunders. Saunders, is, she's a writer who has done a few um, and worked on Battlestar Galactica as her most, um, you know, relevant credit. And right. Campmeyer did a couple of low-budget films, runs an acting school... <clears throat> Uh, low-budget, well-respected films with some, you know, big, bigger names in them. But so this is her no first episode of Discovery, anyway. I don't know if it's the first episode of any track, but definitely Discovery. Uh, the director or the writer? 
Um, the director. The writer, right. we've seen her on a few. Okay. Which ones has she written? If you don't have it she in front of you, that's fine. written All Is Possible with Eric J. Robbins. Okay. Nope. Wait, I lied. She wrote Stormy Weather. I like that Brandon one. Brandon Schultz. I like that one. That was the one I told you to, uh, to go back and watch TNGs where silence has lease. Yes. Yeah. I agree. That one was and fine. she also wrote Anomaly with Glenise Mullins, the yep. second episode of the season. Yep. So, you know, she did a few of the early She did part some ones. of the ones that we that we liked. Yeah, I don't we think you I don't think you liked Stormy Weather as much as I did, but Oh, yeah. You seemed very middle of the road on it. You thought, I think, as I recall. Yeah. yeah. She wrote episode 11 Sue Call last season. Mm, that scavengers, though, I didn't like that one. I didn't like Sue Call either. Sue Call was the one. That's where we found out Sue Call was the yeah. person who caused the burn, so that was, yeah. That was a, a big disappointment. Yeah. It was not her fault. I mean, she got that assignment, you know? <laughs> Maybe she wrote it as best as she could, but, geez. Yeah. There's no way you could have written that, and I would have liked it. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Um, but, so given that this is, what would this be, your fifth episode? Uh, about that, yeah. Um, how are you feeling about this one? Um, I didn't like it. Um, I guess there were elements that I liked, mm -hmm. but I really didn't like it um, overall. And there's sort of a big reason and then some small reasons. Okay. I mean, I really just felt, I really just wanted the whole book part of it to be over. Yeah. So that was a real bummer to have that back. Yep. Um, and I did, I mean, we talked about this a little bit earlier, as you said, I didn't really need the backstory of um, Tarka. Nope. But when we talk about that, I'll talk about it more. Because not only yeah. did I not need it, but I feel that I have a large, huge problem with it in general. I'm, so the Tarka plot, I'm not very, I'm not very invested in, invested in this character, right? So... When we first, early on we meet him, I think it's like the second or third episode he appeared in, or maybe the first, I can't recall. It's when he's talking to Book for the first time, and he's explaining the back, and he's explaining why he's wanting to do what he's doing. That was enough for me. And he explained, he, he basically, exp more or less kind of explained what we saw in this episode because this episode deals with the flashback and you know what it was like being under the emerald chain's influence because you know he goes to that planet to get some stuff that he was held captive on under the chain but he kind of already went into this and i was a little i was kind of disappointed in in one aspect because i actually had thought initially that he was referring to the scientist that kenneth mitchell played in the finale because Kenneth Mitchell was talking about Osira, and it just, it, it, I think the way Kenneth Mitchell presented himself, and then the way that Taka kind of talked about this other person he was with, I thought, I wonder if he's referring to the scientist that Kenneth Mitchell played. It just, it seemed like those two, that's who he was referring to. I got that so, impression as well. Um, I was disappointed by that. Like, it also seemed he was referencing losing his family or something. Yeah, like what didn't wasn't I, I I don't recall I should have looked it up, but I don't recall exactly what Kenneth Mitchell's character said. Right. 
But I got a similar, but I, the thing is, when, when Taco was telling a story, I was getting a very similar vibe to what I remember feeling when Kenneth Mitchell's character told this story. So I thought, to me, it makes sense that those, that maybe it would be those two. Yeah, and he, in the way he said it sort of vaguely, I once knew a scientist, he was brilliant. Right. You know, and, it sounded like it could be, and I, I should feel like, so it sounds like what we had in our imagination was right. better than what we got. Right. Right. It would have been, an, I think it would have been a nice callback, because we don't actually know what happened to that to that guy. Season three ended with Kenneth Mitchell on the bridge. And it right. sort of seemed like maybe he wouldn't be a regular, but he would at least be back. But he's not. Yeah. It and, almost seems like this Tarka character could have been him. Right. But something happened. Right. I, so here's my feeling about Tarka. I think that the actor is better than the character. And the only reason that I mm. care at all is because the actor's pretty good. I think the actor's fine. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So I kind of, I like seeing him act, but I don't care about the character. So right. one of the things that... It, it, we will be doing right is I'm going to try to bring one of my big picture analysis ideas based on my viewing and my notes. So yep. I'm going to lay right into it now and I want to hear your take on it. Okay. All right. So it has to do with Tarka yep. and his backstory being representative of a bigger problem with the show and the writing. Okay. And this has come up a few times for us. The idea that the writers seem to not be willing to commit to anything. And okay. here's what I mean with Tarka. From the beginning, Tarka was set up as being this terrible person. This horrible person. In this episode, he even claims that he was that he was the worst kind of asshole or something like that. He uses the word asshole. Okay? Right. Yep. Then we see the flashback. And, yes, he sold out the guy he was with. But he sold him out before he knew him. The guy forgave him. And then he tried to go back and save him. So he wasn't an asshole. He was not a terrible person. He was. He, so I feel like yeah. the show always wants us. It sets something up, but then it, it almost backs off quickly. Like they could have made him a terrible person. Why not? Why not make him actually terrible? He was, but instead, he insists he's terrible and he was barely terrible at all. Because when we first, yeah, when we first meet him, he's, he's introduced to us as somewhat villainous right and i actually thought when he came on the show because we saw him just before the um he was introduced i think like four maybe five episodes in i can't remember the exact number toward the end of the first half of the season and so when he came in i thought to myself is this going to be is this the villain of the season is this who this right. is, is this who this is going to be some sort or at of, least yeah. a villain or a an antagonist. Or some kind of, yeah. And, but it was just a front for who he really was. Which, but he still insists that right. he was a terrible, horrible person. And we're right. supposed to believe that he was. But then you watch what he did, and my note here says, bro, you ain't that bad. And then after he tells the story, he says this very dramatically. So that's who you're dealing with. But, but even when like, even when he the was, show can't commit, make him a bastard. Right. Don't make him a bastard. But don't tell us he's a bastard. And then when you get and a chance to show us, you make yeah. him sympathetic. Well, it, I think he, it's a terrible 
even when he was brought on and he was introduced as again sort of like this this villainous figure um i thought to myself okay and then when it turns out he really wasn't i, I sort of went back and thought well why did you introduce him that way because right. it, like it made no sense like it's just too and i realized like that's that's simply to fool us the audience but it makes no sense in the in the in the universe of the show why he should act like that up front when he because it doesn't i think even again i don't remember the line but i think somebody i think at one point book even says to him why didn't you just come to starfleet initially and just present this idea or something i think somebody brings that up at some point i can't remember who it was but it's like i don't get why is the show introducing this guy as being somewhat villainous when it turns out he never really seemed to be and it was really, it seemed like anyway, just for the sake of fooling the audience when it never really made any sense in the, in, within the context of the world itself. Am I making sense? I think sense? it's worse than that. Yeah. I think it's that they can't commit to anything. So right. it's like making him a bastard would have been a choice. Right. And since they don't really seem to commit to any particular direction... Now it's like, okay, we have a flashback. Well, we better humanize him now. We better give him an emotional moment about his feelings too, just like everyone else gets. I think it's, I, I think what, I think what we're seeing is it's when the show just seems to want to shift gears for the sake of doing something dramatic or what they feel is intriguing at the expense of it not really making any sense inside of the show. It's like, we need a, you know, we need to humanize somebody. We need to give him. We need to give him some character moments. So let's just give him a monologue and make him give him this sad backstory that really yeah. kind of like showcases the talent of this actor. But it doesn't make sense for the character because that's it, it's it's sort of like the, the issue of last season where like things were inconsistent between each like character moments were inconsistent between episodes, right? Like remember like Michael was Michael was all about Starfleet in one episode. The next episode she's like I don't know if I belong here, and then she's finally back. It's like it was just just. There was no, nothing was threaded through. Yes. I, I think this is very similar to that. And I think what happens is every character winds up yeah. coming out as sort of on the same level. Mm-hmm. So this guy's no worse than anybody else. Everybody right. else in the show has done some things, right? Michael's done some things that are, right. you know, arguably as bad as what he did, which isn't that bad, really. So right. No one, there's no one that's too anything no one does too much anything but even when he first when this idea was first introduced to us when he told book why he was doing what he was doing several weeks ago i thought okay like that's all i need i right. don't and then even his little scene with um oh right yes that's yes well, exactly right yes that was better than this that was good too but, uh, but so yeah, so now it's just... I don't need more than that. So here's the thing, though, right? So as far as not committing, remember? So we had Book has gone rogue. Book has gone out on his own. He's yep. going against Starfleet. But then, oh, when things start to go down, then, like, oh, he's not really going rogue because now he's helping Starfleet. Another moment right. of not really committing. Saru, he has his own ship. He's the captain of his own ship. This is a big change, right? Oh, yeah, no, but then when we have to go and actually have things happen, he has to come back. Right. So nothing... I think what they're doing is they're planting. I think what they are. Well, I think what they also are doing, and I could, I might be wrong about this, is that I think when those things were brought up initially, because you're talking about stuff that was like sort of at the beginning of the season, I think they are. I think they are seeding things. So when we get to the finale, it's like, hey, remember that thing we talked about, like you know, 
12 episodes ago that we would have totally forgotten about at this point because the plot no, of the season. I think it's much worse than that. I think it's just nothing matters. Nothing matters. So is yeah. the captain of his own ship, except when he isn't. Right. Book has gone totally rogue, except when he doesn't. When he doesn't. <laughs> Right, like imagine if Saru had his own. Right, so we talk about how we don't see any other ships. We don't see any yes. other Starfleet. Yep. Imagine if Saru had his own ship and he went along with them. Yeah, I mean, wouldn't yeah. that have been cool? I mean, anything, anything, anything except yeah. return to the status quo. Right, just when things start to happen, I wouldn't be surprised if Tilly just showed up and was like, "Oh, I'm a." NC. Well, you know, she's going to show up in the finale in some way, right? She's going to. It's just the way the show is, the yeah. way the show is set up. So, but here's the thing, right? So yeah. I think this, this has been a problem with the show generally. Right. This inability to commit. Thoughts? So, I think... I, 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 I don't think I see it as problematic as you do. Um, only because... Tarka is a is a is a is a is a um, disposable character. Tarka specifically is a disposable character. I don't give a shit about the consistency because he's not. I know he's not going to be back next season. Right, but right? I think he's representative of a bigger problem. Right. So look at Kovic. Right. Well, Kovic was shady. He was very mysterious, and he was maybe up to no good. And then he was just another normal person. I should mention to everybody, you know, we are live on Twitch as we are from now on, so we do will have chat participation, and we do have somebody in the chat. Okay, I, great. I, I know who this person is who says you're confusing not going rogue with inner conflict. That's a that's fair. Mm-hmm. That's fair. <laughs> you just so what yeah, do you no, just I shut mean, down that now? That <laughs> right. even occurred to me, but 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 okay, that is a fair point. but it is a fair point. But I don't think everything has to be a personal conflict. Well, right, everything true. is so, now, but now we've got the point where okay, so we had the personal conflict, he right. changed his tune on it, and right. now, but yet now he's right back out with Tarka, right. Well, and that would be my response to that. But you make a good point, right? That could be inner conflict, right? He wants to do this. He wants to uh, avenge his yep. planet, mm-hmm. but he also feels some loyalty to Michael. Maybe not so much Starfleet, but at least to Michael. Right. And he's conflicted about it, and he's going back and forth. I think that this goes to the Discovery version of conflicted, which is one episode they're acting one way, the next episode they're acting another way. But I think it's also the case of Discovery feeling like. Everybody has to be conflicted, which irritates the shit out of me. Or like everybody has to have some sort of like personal conflict because it just seems like that's the only thing they understand. That's the only thing they feel like makes a character interesting to have them have a personal conflict or have something. I'm not saying they have to be perfect, but like I've seen this, this song and dance like with all with I feel like with every other character, somebody has some. Everybody's in everybody's in a personal conflict this season and it's driving me crazy. Uh, remember if, even the ship is having Even the ship trouble. is, right? And that's uh, not the only way to tell to to that's not the only way to 
make a character interesting or a ship so, interesting. So, all right, this brings me to sort of a second point that goes along with that. I yeah. found this very fascinating. The president got the information about the DMA being in the Alpha Quadrant. Right. Wanted to keep that secret. Right. We'll keep it top secret because the information would spread. Everything's very sensitive. You have delegates and right. people might freak out. Fair, fair point. Um, so I think she's being professional. She is doing her duty, not letting her personal feelings. And then Michael gets out of her that yep. she has a personal connection. She has family on Earth. She has a partner on the moon, the Earth moon. I see. So it was like I saw Michael convince her to let her personal feelings get in. So it's as if here was one one person just doing their duty, being professional, and then Michael got her claws into her and then convinced her, like, no, let, you have to have your feelings and you have to essentially let them influence your professional decision-making. That's how it felt to me. See, here is what I didn't like about that. I didn't like the idea of shielding them from all of that because I didn't think that was a conflict that needed to happen. Because I, as, cause I thought to myself, I'm trying to think of all those times in Trek history when Earth has been endangered, right? Because the point that we are obviously referring to is that we find out later in the episode that the DMA is now in the, as you said, in the Alpha Quadrant, and now suddenly Earth, Navarre, and a couple, and Titan are now in danger, right? But when I think of an episode like, say, The Best of Both Worlds, part two, for instance, when the Enterprise arrives at Wolf 359 and sees the graveyard of starships that, that, that were left behind from the battle with the Borg, had that been Discovery, Michael wouldn't have let them seen that. They wouldn't, the president wouldn't have let, Michael wouldn't have, they wouldn't have allowed the crew to even see that, to see what the Borg did. Mm. It's like everything on that show with that crew was very much like Captain, the Borg have entered Sector 001. They knew, everybody knew exactly, nobody was being shielded from anything. Right. I don't understand why you need to do that. Just, are you doing it just to make a, to try to make a scene that's, interesting between michael and the president i mean it just it doesn't remember when i said a few episodes back like it just seems like they're kind of foregoing sometimes the rules of the star trek world for the sake of t doing do something that, that they think is and i just i don't that that bugs me but it, it is nit, it's a, a nitpicky to that one. yeah so here's my counterpoint is that it was less for the crew than it was for the delegates yeah because here you have high-ranking people from representatives from all these planets right and they're on this mission. They're kind of almost maybe beyond the point of no return or almost there. Right. And then you don't know how they're going to react when you tell them right. this is going on. So it may cause some people may want to abort the mission and like go mm -hmm. to their planets. Or I don't know what they would maybe want to do. Or they might yeah. change their attitude now and they might not be so much for diplomacy. I mean, and that, that and I will say that's an extremely nitpicky thing for me to say because the Enterprise D crew is not the Discovery crew. So it's not like yeah. if one crew behaves this way, that means the other one, the other crew has to. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying that. Emotional, just, the yeah. level of how emotions affect people's right. work. Maybe it does make sense. I, I think the reason why it bugs me is because I was, I was going through um, some, uh, you know, comments on the Trek BBS and one person made this point, which I really agreed with. They said, you know, 
the real star of the show this season has been everybody's feelings. And you and I, you know, have sort of talked about how it just seems like everyone has some sort of personal problem or like there's some sort of like overcompensation with somebody's feelings. Somebody's always emotionally, there's always some emotional issue with somebody almost, you know, in every episode all the time. And I'm saying, okay, like, I get it. What enough, please, enough, enough with this. I know you're trying to make it relatable to your audience. I understand that. Mm-hmm. But when you're dealing with like something of the magnitude of the stakes that this season is dealing with, would you want a crew out there that's sort of that seems to be like emotionally compromised almost all the time? Right. And yeah. um, you know, I wouldn't mind it, except that there have been so many times, and we've always talked about this when it's come up, where yeah it's affecting the decision-making that right. should be on a different level where you have right. someone saying it's their destiny to go on this OA mission or, yeah. you know, yeah. they have to yeah. do this thing because of the way that they feel about it. And really, I mean, it should just be what's best. See, for this that's mission. when I, that's when I began to notice it. And I, and I mentioned this all the time. I said, you know, when, when, when Cobra said last season, I need to go on the away mission. Cause I was meant to do, I was meant to, I meant to go. And I'm like, that's not, why a Starfleet officer goes on an away mission. Yeah. That's not why you go. You go because you have a skill that can help in the success of the mission. You don't go because you were meant to go. Yeah, go say that to Captain Picard. Please. I would love to, I would love to see that. All right. I'm, imagine, imagine it was said, now Ethan, give me your Picard response because I know you like to talk like Picard. Wolf, take him to the brig. <laughs> Yeah, like so. That's when I really began to notice it. But but I think that's just that I think just has more to do with the way TV, uh, the way some television is these days. Those are just what some of the writers do these days. It, I it, I'm not a fan of that. The overcompensation of feelings. I'm not a fan of that. But, but I think I don't know. There can be a balance. There can be a balance. Yeah. I mean, I feel like you know not to bring keep going back to this show but since we do have a writer from it right Battlestar Galactica I feel like you had you knew the characters feelings right they never got in the way of what was going on for the mission and if they did it was a detrimental way so you saw the negative effects of people's emotions being too much a part of it well you you remind me of the second episode of Enterprise when they found a derelict ship in space and Archer wanted Hoshi to come, and she didn't want to go because she didn't really have any EV training, and she kind of admitted she was afraid to go. And then she saw like all she saw all these alien corpses hanging from the ceiling, and she freaked out. Yeah, and he told her, to right, get it together. But it made, but at the same time, it made sense in the context of the show because they're new explorers; they don't know what's out there. This is the first time they're seeing all something like this. Right. Right. And now the way that And she got over that as she went away yeah, on more away missions. If, if Archer had, had taken her aside and said, Yeah. Oh God, I'm so sorry that you feel this way. I would never make you go on a mission that well, you felt bad about and then told her she could stay, right? That would have been Well, and the subplot of the episode was her trying to get out of it. But, you know, Enterprise not until later on became more arc based. But in the first now this was the first season episode. Later on in the in that season, they go on another away mission and Hoshi was like dying to go she was ready to go like because and she was referring back to that experience saying like you know i wasn't ready 
But now she's like leading the away mission. Okay, I'm ready to go. Like I'm ready. To, so there was there was definitely some character development right. from that point on, which yes. which I thought you know worked pretty well. But um, yes, you want to see the growth, right? Um, I think you know to wrap up the target thing on my end anyway. I think part of the, the other reason part of the reason why I didn't like it, I didn't care for it was because I just I kind of felt like. Now is not the time for this. It's it was it was it was taking away from what was going on with them jumping to the galactic barrier, and that's where I was. That's what I wanted to see. That's what I wanted to watch. And I just I I, I was getting I was going crazy with these with these breaks, like from that going back to this subplot with a flashback that I really didn't care about, that I really just didn't want to see. It's about a character who I I'm not invested in. It's telling a story that I already knew. It's not. Uh, it's not reshaping my view on the character at all. He's a, again. He's just. He's he's a disposable character. That's just not where I was with him, and right. it's not where I wanted to be in that moment. It sort of undermined. Uh, if they, it sort of undermined everything that they had done with the character. That was my problem. Yeah, they set him up to be one thing, and then they show us a story about him, and the story. Is not doesn't line up with what he's telling us, and that's not that's not a story moment for for someone to say like you're being too hard on yourself or something. Right. It's just we're supposed to believe that that's a terrible thing that he did. But I think it's also sort of a testament to how into the main plot that I am because we're obviously building to this first contact with unknown species Ten C, and they're on the galactic you know they're in the galactic bear. They're literally where no one has gone before, so that's. That's where I was. That's, you know, they're doing the Trek thing where they're exploring unknown space. Okay, that's where my head is. And quite frankly, of all of the season-long story arcs the show has done, this has definitely been the one that I'm invested in the most because it feels like it's not some, like, manufactured threat. It's not some, like, future threat. It's like what we thought the Red Angel was going to be. We thought it was going to be some weird alien species. I mean, it could still, right. I guess it could still be that, but it doesn't seem like that's where it's going. Right, right. And at this point, it's not a mustache twirling villain, like yes. So Discovery is doing something with this that I've been wanting them to do for a long time. So and so, I'm very excited. That's that's where my head is. But to uh, I agree. But to intercut that with a storyline that I don't really don't care about was really driving me crazy. And and this is not, you know, other shows have done this too. This is not specific to Discovery. I, mean, I said to you yesterday. I've mentioned on the show many, many times. I was a huge fan of Lost, and Lost, I remember specifically Lost well, did something like this as well. I won't recount well, the events. Notorious for this, right? I won't recount. You know, I'm not going to bore everybody with that. But like Lost did that. There was yeah. one episode in particular that did it that drove me absolutely fucking crazy. Oh yeah, I kind of like that episode honestly. Um, but basically, you know, at a high level, the 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 plot that I was interested in on Lost began in the first two minutes. And they didn't come back to it for like the last two minutes. And it just, it drove me right. absolutely crazy. Yeah. And my problem so, here was just uh, knowing yeah. more about Tarkus' backstory it doesn't, didn't add anything. No. It didn't no. change no. what he's going to do. It didn't change how we're going to feel about it. Yeah. It didn't, it didn't add anything. And, that, but, and that's my big problem with it. And I was hoping, here's what I was hoping. So this happens a lot where I start to expect something more impressive. So I was watching it, and I'm thinking, yeah. oh, are they setting up a parallel 
Right. Because here's Tarka and another person trying to get this, do this thing, right, that they're not really supposed to be doing. And now here's Book and Tarka also trying to do this thing that they're not really supposed to be doing. Yeah. Is it a parallel yeah. between the two? And it really didn't seem to do that. Um, now, in going through... In going through, um, you know, the, the everyone's feedback, how they feel about the episode, um, I, I wanted to... So, I sort of changed up the way I approached this as well. So, I... So, to kind of fill in the viewers, I told Ethan yesterday, I said, you know, I don't feel like I'm doing, this, uh, uh, doing, doing anyone a service by watching the episode and just taking notes and then just making observations. Okay, especially if this season, as I've said numerous times, like a lot goes on, but we don't really get anywhere. And I don't feel like I can really add anything. And I was, and I was actually struggling with this last season, even on the episodes I liked, where I kept saying, I like this scene and I like that scene. I like this moment, that moment. Oh, that was cool. I don't know. But I don't feel like I have much to add beyond that. So what I wanted to do was I wanted to go and sort of take the temperature of everybody, everybody else who was talking about this episode on the trick bbs on various review sites comment sections reddit all that stuff i wanted to see what people were saying and i basically took a few points that i just happened to agree with to illustrate i think that helped to illustrate how i feel about the episode but just on a more broad scale i thought i i you know i enjoyed i liked the episode fine i just think that my my again my frustration comes back in this is just dragging like this is like they're clearly um you know uh placing their bets all on the last episode of the season it's clearly we're not going to see i will not i will be very surprised if we see 10c before the finale if we do it'll probably be like two seconds into the into the penultimate episode at the end Mm -hmm. but they're clearly building to the first contact in the finale to something big right and we don't even know what that is quite frankly. It doesn't feel like we're not building toward a huge battle, I don't think. Um, Right. So somebody had pointed out um, I think actually I was thinking about this. I think it was Todd who was on our show when we were talking about the Lower Decks finale. We got into talking about Discovery a little bit. Um, I remember he said that it seemed like with I think this show particularly it's as if you took an entire episode of like the ni- of '90s Trek, the 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 format of that of an episode of, from back then, and stretched it out across the entire season. So like, you have one episode where you have your conference room scene, you have you have another episode where like you the ship is departing, and it's you know, go- and that's kind of where I feel like this is arriving at, like. When I say you could have done this all in one episode of of '90s Trek, you could have. Oh, totally. You could have, because the entire episode was just them crossing the galactic barrier. When you could have just done that in an episode of 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 the next generation, uh, in a few minutes in an episode of the next generation. Okay. Right. The the first the opening scene. Right. The DMA would have showed up. You would have saw what it could do. Yep. Next, you know, they find out some information. The next commercial break, they're crossing the barrier, like in the third commercial break. You know, yeah, yeah. You, can, I, you can see how it would play out. It would have shown up in the teaser, and then that's that's you know that would have been the dramatic cut, and that's that's when they would have said, okay, now we have to go, 
and figure yeah. this out, right? So that that would have been the sort of um, that would have been the drama of the episode that it showed up right away, and mm-hmm. then they have to go and figure this whole thing out. Right? And you would have even seen a planet get destroyed; it wouldn't look as good right. as what we saw in Discovery. Yeah, exactly. So it would have been a reused special effect, I'm sure. But um, so yeah, I mean, my my continued criticism is that this just feels very much dragged out, and that's 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 kind of the consensus that um that everybody seems to be coming to like it's not it's not bad we don't hate it it's just it, there's there's an impatience there with like can we just get on with this well right? here's a slight counter that i will say yeah i do think that in the beginning of the season mm-hmm. they were striking the perfect balance yes they were doing standalone episodes with the beginning a story that had a beginning a middle and an end yeah and it may have been tangentially related to the DMA, mm-hmm. or the DMA might have been the cause for it. I'm thinking of the asteroid prison scene, right? So the yeah. DMA was going to destroy it, so they had to go and evacuate them. Right. And then we got a nice little beginning, middle, and end where they were talking about how you treat prisoners and what a society owes to people that it's you know punishing yep. and all these kind of things. So that was that was good because, and then you you would progress the DMA story a little bit. Yeah. So, obviously, that's not easy to do, but they did it pretty well at the beginning. And Agreed. Really, we, you and I very, had said. That's why it was so much worse to come back from the break and then have more of the same from last season, where it's just one pushing the plot forward one tiny bit, and that's it. You and I had said, this seems to be where Discovery lives, right? They're telling multiple plots in one episode. One of those plots focuses on the, focuses on the main thread of the season the other ones may be related maybe not to it don't have to be that's fine sometimes related to each other but they all honed in on one singular theme mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i that thought this is this is where this is this is where the show is this is what this is what separates discovery from the other shows this is the discovery it, format that was one of yeah. the those are some of the best episodes of the show. Definitely. Absolutely. And you and I were confused. We were like, how were, how were they able to just turn this on so easily? Yeah. yeah. And that's what I even had to thank the writer for doing such a great job. Right. So, and, and then it's like there was a switch point. And the sad thing is that this sounds very reminiscent of your comments on the Red Angel season where you were said, there's only a couple episodes left. Like, they seems like they have a lot they need to do in the next couple of episodes right. as if someone lost track of the episodes and then suddenly, right. oh crap, right. we got to scramble and get all this done. That's I mean, the vibe. I, well, see, I don't, all that stuff, that's, I don't you know. That's just getting away. I don't feel like we are at these, I don't feel like a lot has to happen. I don't feel like that we're running out of time here. I think they have more time than they need. Um, because it's really just building to you. I mean, you got to stop book and Taka. You got to make first contact with Ten C, and you got to stop this DMA. Well, you have to stop book and Taka again. Again, which the show seems to be, for, which is not doesn't seem to be a priority anymore because they still have the Swore Drive and they still have the ability to go and take the new power source. But okay. Um, now this is actually a question that I. But how did we're they get on away? a collision. We're on a collision course here with them. How did they get away? They jumped away. Using the sport oh, after they blew up yeah. the yeah, okay. but suddenly chasing them is not not a priority anymore. 
right? And, and I don't mean that by saying it's not a priority because the DMA is in range. It just it wasn't a priority at the beginning of the episode because they didn't catch right. them. Right, we had no, no, you, it wasn't mentioned. You and I had said, you said actually, you said at the end of that episode, you're like somebody should be getting yelled at at the end, and they're not. Somebody should be in trouble, and they're not in trouble. Oh, yeah, right. So no one was in trouble. Right. So, right. Right. So the thing that everyone said was going to happen if Michael took this mission is right. exactly what happened. Yep. And no one criticized anyone for it. The concern was that was that they had it wasn't well okay, it was two concerns. It was they're going to destroy this thing, cause all this damage and they're going to piss off unknown species 10C. And then and again, a lot of assumptions being made. Still a lot of assumptions being made at the beginning of this at the beginning of this episode. But the other one was that they have this experimental technology, the spore drive, that they created. We have to get that back. But they didn't get it back. But now that and but now there's no mention of it in this episode. So if you want to talk about a plot hole, I mean that's a plot hole that I found. It nobody said, Well, why didn't where's that spore drive, Michael? We still have to go get that, you know. Right. I think the biggest thing is just this inconsistency that yeah. what was it that the president was very mad at them for the episode before she was mad at them for um book got the spore drive and oh she was, yes and she was how did mad. you let this happen yeah um either you were complicit or you're an idiot basically yeah. right you let, either you helped them or you let it happen either way yeah you guys talk so and then right so that perfectly sensible that she would be that mad mm -hmm. now why is she that mad because this makes possible the worst case scenario that they go and blow up the dma they can still right? do this right they're so, still capable okay. of doing this i'm mad at you because you allowed them to maybe go blow the dma up but then when they actually blow the dma up she's not mad right so she was mad at them for the first step but not for actually doing like, things is she not mad at them anymore because it turns out that nothing ever came of it? So Give like, me a scene. Let me know. But nevertheless, no. nevertheless, they still have that spore drive, that experimental spore drive that they said was so important that had to get back, that they had to mm. get back, and now they can't make another one. They still don't have, and, and they still don't have it. They don't. Book, book. He never even came up in this episode with them. We saw what was going on with them, but they don't even mention. We're gonna. Right. When are we gonna? You know. Don't right. At all. And I, yeah, so perhaps because they blew it up and it came back, but they even said, we may have just pissed them off, essentially. We may have just right. destroyed, we may have just sent them I mean, the message that we're going to blow up their stuff. And I, Here's the thing. I can understand that it's less of a priority when you're dealing with something that could potentially destroy you. I understand that. I just need an update. I just need, I don't want this, I just need to know that the show hasn't forgotten about that, is all I'm saying. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I need um, the consistency because yeah, it just seems like nobody cared that they let it happen. Right. Um, and especially the person who was sent specifically to make sure that Michael didn't let it happen. Right. Uh, she should have gotten demoted or reamed out or something. I'm just catching up on the chat. So uh, same person from what we were talking about earlier. This is touchy-feely Star Trek. I think that's exactly correct. Um, they also said, and I agree with this point, 10C doesn't care. They're so far. They are so far advanced. Yeah, I I agree with that. That's that's been my theory for most of most of this. Starfleet is making all of these assumptions because they're so advanced that 
it just means they're going to come and destroy everything. When I think they're so advanced, they don't even... I've told you, I've made comparisons to us like stepping on an ant on the sidewalk. It, I think right. it's the same It's the same thing. They that don't... But I don't think they know that for certain, and I don't think that that would allow the president to say, well, I don't have to be mad at them for letting this happen because clearly yes. it's not going to affect anything because 10C doesn't care. Right. We I don't just, know that they don't care. I, I think it, it happened instantaneously. I think I'm more disturbed. Well, not disturbed. I would say more confused that Starfleet is treating this all like some big threat when they still haven't really assessed that. I mean, yes, the destruction of Book's planet was tragic, but they it's been established it's been established that this is a mining they are mining for something. They are mining a specific element. It's not a weapon. It's mining equipment. So if if mining equipment can do that, sure, it must be terrifying to think what their weapons could do. But they haven't used their weapons. They've been using mining equipment. So it's just... You're scared at the possibility of what they could do when you've seen no evidence that they have any intent of being destructive. Right. And it seems like, the as yeah. we mentioned before, the first contact mission should have started as soon as they figured out they could do it. Right. There was no reason to wait around because, like we said, there's a possibility they could show up and right. say, hey, you guys are like destroying our planets. You'd be like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Well, Zora has all the answers. And the sphere data has all the answers, too. So, yeah. So, okay. So, I did make a note of Zora is doing a lot of the heavy lifting for the characters mm -hmm. as far as figuring things out. So, yeah. there's a moment when Stamets says, um, you know, oh, Zora found us a, a spot to get through the barrier. Yeah. Go, okay. Well, <laughs> that's cool, I guess. You know what it is? Zora is Zora is essentially the personification. No, Zora is the personification of the of what Technobabble is on the older shows. That's what she is. Right, but this time Stamus did a lot of Technobabble yeah. and then passed it off to Zora. I know that that's that's still not clear to me, but I, Yeah. Okay. I'm just accepting. Yeah. I'm just accepting it at this point. Yeah. I, I'm, okay. I'm tired of questioning it. Because I'm clearly not getting any answers on this, but go ahead, yeah. Okay, I have a, I have a question about the DMA. So we learned early yeah. on this DMA, so the whole reason that they knew it wasn't natural, as much as it didn't make sense to us, we're going to accept their logic. They said it, it disappeared and reappeared, right? Yep. In other places. Mm -hmm. So it would disappear, and then it would reappear. Yep. And then it would disappear, and then it would reappear. When it right. would reappear, it would suck all this boromite, is that what it is? Yes. Out of the space and then have it, right? Yep. So disappear, reappear. Disappear, reappear. But now they're saying apparently it's now on a trajectory that they can predict because they right. said it's days away from these specific places. Right. So I don't think it's ever been established that it does anything but disappears and reappears. And yeah, it's like, and, and they're suddenly surprised like, oh, it's here, which okay, but where was the person who said, was there any boromite around here? Could it show up here? Oh my god, there is. It may show up here. Right, and now yeah. they can know where it's going, whereas um, before, remember, they all they could really predict was when it was going to leave. Right. So if it moves, how would they predict how it's when it's going to leave the other place, when it could have just moved? I think, they were, I think they were predicting when it would leave by the amount of boronite there was and at the rate at how much it was collecting, at the rate at which it was collecting. So they Fair were able point. to calculate 
when it was because remember they were doing that last week that was the yeah. uh, two weeks ago no, that I was the it. yeah i'm with you on that but yeah if it can just move yep what would have stopped it from potentially so how did they how did they know well it's definitely going to disappear and reappear when it runs out of boromite whereas okay but it also moves to get more boromite right now so they can predict where it's going to go so i just feel like it's an inconsistency that's just i feel well this is also a new dma with a different with a new with a more powerful power source so maybe this is not remember they destroyed the previous one so maybe this does not maybe this logic doesn't apply to this one but I think all right. Well, we're, all right. We're, that's fine. But I don't think we should be piecing that together. Of, yeah, yeah, we shouldn't be writing that for them. <laughs> right. So, question from the chat: Same. Mm-hmm. What is Kovic doing now? Kovic was in this episode in the very beginning. I never know what Kovic. I have doing. no idea what this guy is doing. Okay, and I, I, my, I, I'm very, I'm even more confused because when he said, "I have, I have a more important matter to attend to," and the president of Earth's <laughs> like, even more important than. Who knows? What do you yeah, what do you mean? Weird. What do you mean? I mean it was cool seeing all those It was also it was cool but it was weird to see all those communicators when he was when they were just there to make a point. Yeah. Like okay. Yeah, like what is it? You know, and I get, just, again, <laughs> it's like first you gave it you showed him to us and he right. seemed very mysterious. He had Giorgio, he was in this dark room. Right. You he you never saw him interact with anyone else in Starfleet. It was really cool because we we're like, whoa, what is this guy about? He's wearing twentieth century glasses. This is so weird. Yeah. And, and then he became a therapist. Yep. He became uh just a general guy, like kind of like a like a Mr. Fix It yeah. for the Federation. He was kind of sitting in our meetings here and there. Yeah. And now I guess he's going back to being a mysterious um Yeah. You know, I, I, I don't Remember we thought last season, is he potentially the president of the of the Federation president? Right. Like or that even came up at one point. Is yeah. he a Cold War, a temporal Cold War agent? Well, we thought that the initial, I mean, maybe it could still be true. I don't know. We thought that when his initial introduction with George O, like, oh, they're clearly setting up this Section 31 series. That's clearly what this is. Yes. Yes. yes, yes. I, I mean, maybe it could, that could still be the case. I don't know. But and it also gave the impression that he was doing something to her. Right. He was like. Right. Experimenting on her or something, but then it turned out no. He's just trying to help her figure out. Person her in the problems. chat says he could be a synth, I guess, but maybe. You know what? Yeah. Given how far out it all is, he could be a synth. Oh, that rem- that reminded me. There was one. Sorry, there was. I have to go back to the talker story for one second. There was one point I forgot to mention, bring up. So, one interesting element I thought. So Taka, remember at the end, Taka said he has he found no record of like where this where his cellmate was or what happened to him. Yeah. You know, I began to wonder in watching it the second time. Is it entirely possible at all that his cellmate could be a member of Species Tensi? Uh, I hope they don't look like that. I hope they're so advanced they're like they're just beyond what having two arms and two legs. But yeah. I mean, could that even do you think that could even be the case? Because they talk about how brilliant he is, and I thought, yeah, maybe, it's maybe potential. I mean, Anything maybe possible. it could bring the cat. Maybe it could bring Tucker full circle in some ways, but he could find his friend, yeah, and be forgiven. Yeah. What again? Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just kind of, I'm just kind of putting that out there. But yeah, I don't know. Do you remember if it was that this was actually Tarka's redemption arc? Great, a character, uh, you know, it's the. 
again, a disposable character comes on and he, he takes on the most important arc of the season. That's great. And character arc of the season, that's get great. Get rid of long-term um, characters that we've known and come to like, like Tilly. But, yeah, the entire episode is them traveling through the, the, the galactic barrier and then they come out the other end and they have to... Oh, we also learned, by the way, that the, um, the mycelial network thins out on the edges of the galaxy so now so now there's logic to the spore drive so now they can only they actually can only go so far yeah i like that i like that they're putting a limitation on them right but only as the show needs it just well yeah but that's that's yeah Yeah. all right i do have to give some credit yeah the scene of them at the galactic barrier where they showed the kind of like very wide shot of the ship facing it was very cool and it looked very original series or even like well because they went there and we're no almost they went there in where no man has gone before and they also went there in Star Trek V. Yeah. And well, I'm great. telling you right now, when they said there's a, at the end of the episode, there's a planet, I thought, if they go to Shakari in Star Trek, I'm going to have a, <laughs> my head's going to explode. Is that where Spock's brother was? That's where God was in Star Trek V. But somebody pointed out, well, that was on the edge of the galactic barrier or something. And I'm like, they went through it. I go, oh, sorry, silly me. I'm sure it's a big galactic barrier. Yeah, right I don't know if Star- I don't know if Discovery's following that logic, but you know, if it w- if it was connected to Star Trek V in some way, that would be, I think that would be pretty funny, actually. <laughs> that would be pretty good. Yeah, but it seems like next week is going to be well. And here's the weird thing: Michael at one point's like, "There's a planet there. We're gonna find. Hopefully, we can find something that can help us in the first contact with Ten C." It's like, just go yes. talk to Ten C. You don't need me. Just go talk to them. Why do you keep right, delaying so, this? What, do you, what are you hoping to find? A rock? Well, okay, but imagine <laughs> this. Imagine if yeah. they evolved from yes. planet creatures into higher, and they find some, right, they find some remnants evidence. of That's their fine. society. I mean, I, sh- cool. I shouldn't I complain think- because we're going on an unknown planet we're exploring. I shouldn't be complaining. It's yeah, That's it, what they're it doing. Would be, it would be, they're I think trekking. that would be a very cool story to go, yeah. way to go. Right. The evidence that they once were, you know, corporal beings, and now they're glowing yeah. orbs of intelligence or something. Yeah. So I think overall, it, I I was enjoying the episode. I, I just think my again, I, I just have the overall frustration of like, let's just can we get on with it? Can we please get to where we can we please meet them? But I think it's, I think it's two things. I think it's just my impatience, and I think it's just that I'm so I'm very much into this story that I just want to see where it goes, and I feel like any distraction from it, like a Taka story takes away and I, I don't I don't want to see that I want to I want to get there it's like if somebody if I was it's like if I, it's like if I was eating a really good meal and somebody takes it away for a second and it makes me taste something else it's like no I was eating that what are you doing like that's that's kind of how I feel I just want to get there um because I know I sound right. negative but you know I, I I'm just being critical um yeah, but this thing, has right? been. I feel that if we were still getting stories like we were at the beginning of the season, where the store, the main story of the episode was compelling, yeah, you wouldn't mind that the plot didn't move very much because you will have just right. watched a very satisfying episode. Well, and nevertheless, I still feel like this is the best season of the show. Um, I still do feel like they've taken some giant steps with this season um i'm not bored with it i mean i'm getting impatient but i think it is the best season of the show thus far i think they've made some great steps forward i just think that what we saw in the first half of the season 
the way that was the way it was structured, the way it was all working. I need a whole season of that. Hmm. So yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah. Um. So before we wrap, we have just two quick things to discuss. So um, we did this last week. So it was a big hit with us. Anyway. Yeah. So we're. Um, we're going to, so a trailer came out for episode, for next week's episode, which, um, we are going to watch and just react to it. So what I will do, if anybody would like to watch it with us, um, I oh. will, uh, so, okay. So yeah. I'll put a link in the chat and then I gave it to you, Ethan, it's the, uh, yeah. first we're link. Gonna discovery first, so we're going to do discovery first. So uh, I'm just gonna put us on standby mode so we can we can uh, so we can watch this and just react to it. So if anybody would like to watch along with us, uh, you may do so. Do you want to do a countdown, sir? Sure. Three, two, one, play. A nice callback to the pilot episode of uh, of uh, Saru saying, "I can sense the coming of death." Um, yeah. Uh, it's interesting though. So now Book and Tarka are breaking into Discovery. Yep. It seems. Okay. Yep. So now Discovery has something that they need. But okay. Um, they need a lot of stuff for this. I, I, I again, I'm. What is going on? Them going to this planet, exploring, seeing what's there. That's where, just based on the serial, that's where I know I'm going to be next week. The the Book and Tarka thing, like I'm just. I'm not saying don't do it. I'm just I'm not I'm not interested anymore because I want to see what's going on with this other story, right? I'm just I'm, yeah, right, yeah. But it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I, I think fine. that it's That's interesting. The planet seems interesting. Yeah, it doesn't look like it's going to be what I thought, but it does look kind of interesting yeah. in the fact that there seems to be some kind of a force at work there on yep. the brains. My um. That's something. My claustrophobia kicked into high gear when I saw Doug Jones wearing all that prosthetic and being inside of a helmet. I'm just thinking, oh my god. Yeah, he's a he's a trooper. Yeah, but he's um, a real pro. Yeah, so next week is, I mean, you know, very much like uh, last week. It's going to be about like they were traveling through the barrier. This week is going to be all about them planet exploring the planet. But I think, but it seems to me, based on that trailer, that we're going to get some progress made because they're going to go on a planet hoping mm -hmm. to find so i think we will learn something about tensi if that is if that was once say their home world as you say or if not right. their home world like maybe there's some evidence that they were there or something to that effect right or maybe yeah. that whatever that presence is is them right although that wouldn't really make that much sense but or maybe you know maybe they ended up destroying themselves because they created this technology that just got out of hand and it just replicates oh, itself yeah. you know maybe it could be that or something like that like this yeah you know Maybe there is no a, like, yeah. like a, a psychological defense system on yeah. their planet or something. Any yeah. number of things. It could be cool. Yeah. Um, and now let's see a nice away mission. Well, yeah. I mean, and, that, and that's that's what excites me. It's literally a Star Trek, right? They're, yeah. You know, and as I said, I was excited because the we're in. That's why I was getting pissed off at the talk of that story. It's like because Discovery's doing Star Trek. They're out in unknown space. They're gonna go to this explore a new planet next year. You know, and you and I had constantly lamented the first three seasons. They don't do that. They don't. They're not 
They're not living up to the title of Star Trek Discovery. They're not trekking, they're not discovering. Right. So um, it seems like that's what they're going to be doing this week. and uh, Or next week, I should say. Um, Except New Eden. In the next episode. Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, we got some of it a little bit, in my opinion, in our opinion. I think I can speak for you when I say not enough. Yes, not enough. totally. Um, so I look forward to that. So the other thing, yeah, and um, even maybe them breaking into discovery could be cool if it's like a heist sort of situation. Correct. Yep. All right. So I'm optimistic. So, um, one more thing to discuss. So, um, as everybody knows, it's been two years in coming, but, um, Star Trek Picard returns this Thursday. So for three, for the next three weeks, we're going to have two episodes of Trek air on the same day. Because Discovery has three episodes left, and Picard returns Thursday, so they're going to run in parallel for three weeks. I so um, the excitement for Picard is is uh, is of course um, uh, building. You see, palpable. Oh, I, yeah, I think so. Um, and my excitement's really ramping up based on what I've seen with all of these new trailers and this one that I'm going to link. This they call the uh, the first look trailer. So, um, you know, we can also react to this one. So, and I'll uh, count down more slowly this time. Yeah, so I need you to give me a second so I can actually pull up this. You, you barely did a countdown last time. You were too fast. So, um, so it's a four-minute trailer, but, I mean, just, you know, watch it. If you want to watch it alongside us, fine. If not, that's okay. Uh, but we're going to spend four minutes watching it. So um, I'm going to put us on the sta- put on our standby screen. All right, so we're back after watching the uh, Picard first look. So um, that looks so good, doesn't it? Like, I so first of all, I love that we get an update on what each character is doing. I love that it's really extending beyond. Because you and I thought to ourselves, even though season one ended with a nice bow, we wondered like, where were they going to go with the characters next season? Are they going to? Is it just going to be them back on the La Serena? Like, what are they going to be doing? And they've clearly right, evolved the characters. They just were like, let's go off on an adventure, gang. Right. So they've evolved the characters, and I think in, a, in very interesting ways, very compelling ways. The thing that excites me, many things about it excite me. I think it's maintaining that tasteful feel that we keep, that we keep referring to the show <laughs> as. But what really excites me, part of what really excites me is like, so we see the USS Stargazer. Okay, as everybody knows, was Picard's old ship. Or now, is it, Stargazer, well, that's right? the thing. Is it the same one? I don't know because when we first saw it in that TNG episode, the battle, it's being towed back to Starfleet. So, is it yeah. still in service? The registry number is a little bit different. It's eight yeah, two. So it's eight two eight nine three, where it used to be two eight nine three. Yeah, that's fine. You see a schematic of it on the background, so it looks like it has the same design. But what what I love about it is that mm-hmm. you see the inside. You see the bridge. Like it looks like. It just looks like an evolved TNG design. Yes. Because it's, yeah. you know, it's very, very, it's, I think we're now in, by now we've got to be in the 25th century. Honestly, though, seeing that scene, right? I just want to watch a show with him as captain yep. on standalone episodes. But just seeing the the interior and just ev- the way it evokes that next generation feel, that next generation era feel, mm-hmm. I'm looking at this going, just give me what just give me a show that takes place on a yeah. ship like this. I mean, we and saw with him as such a strong character, just yep. not a strong, but just a you know, he's a unique person, he's a unique character. So to have him as captain would be great because he's got you know, he's been he's lived rough for a while right. 
and you know he's got his cigar on the bridge which How is cool odd is but okay <laughs> which is an odd sure choice but okay or something or yeah. it's you know it's a programmable matter i don't know you know what i think you, you know what i the sense i get from the show too is um no i don't want person in the chat i don't want tng 2022 i'm just saying it, it has the look it, it did main it it's a look there's a visual continuity to it that you know that it keeps because yeah, when we saw so- uh, a show right a show. right no i yeah i mean exactly so um uh i lost my train of thought. i lost my lower train. Decks. i completely lost my train of thought humor now. lower decks it gives yeah. us a little you know satisfies that for us right a little bit right so no so here's what here's what i was gonna say when i see trailers for this show this season and even the first season don't you get the sense that the show is very confident in what it's doing it's very confident in its characters it's very confident in the amount of time that it has to tell its story it just feels like it has it's has it together Oh, totally. Like, you know, so that, that's the thing that I, I thought when I heard that is like they can give you the two sentence synopsis of like, where are these characters? Where have they moved to? Right. And, you know, I, since this is the discovery, our discovery, you know, feed or whatever, I will have to say it. I feel like discovery can't do that. Right. Uh, maybe a little bit more this season. But we're, we're, I mean, progress I mean, was made. I'm not going to write this show. Up. Progress has been made. I, I have yeah. to be. We got to be fair here. Yeah. You said, I, mean, I like the, the. I think that one of the best character arcs they did was Tilly. Yeah. Feeling like she didn't fit, mm-hmm. trying out a couple of different things, and then finding something that fit, having right. an experience that proved that it fit, and then going toward that and moving toward. It. I wish we didn't lose her after that. Right. Um, I think that was good, but. Right, the thought thought kept popping my head was keep it simple, stupid. That expression, I don't even know where it comes from, but you know, keep it simple. She he left uh, Starfleet because you know all these reasons, but now he's had this experience and now he comes back. Right. Um, She suffered from addiction. She's gotten over it. She has sort of fallen for someone, but she's too strong, so she's feeling kind of left out. So now she's teaching. Right, and you know what it is. Simple. You talk about that. You talk about that in a trailer like this. That way, the show doesn't have to spend extra time explaining it all to you. You see it, but right. now, but you ha- now have the actors saying, "Well, here's my, here's where our character is," you know, and goes into a little bit more detail. But the show doesn't have to spend time doing all that for you, right? And you know, we don't have to be left guessing, which I feel right. like sometimes we're doing with discoveries, guessing right. like, "What is going on with this character? Like, where is well, Michael you, now? What is I mean, feeling?" Because when I think back to us doing the podcast when Picard was airing, you and I were very enthusiastic, very positive about the show that when we were wrapping it up, remember we were doing our traditional seasonal wrap up and we thought, okay, we'll just do one episode. Mm, but we, but we, we were just, we ended up doing three, a three part episode on, what did we talk about? The character? I forget, I forget how we structured it, but we ended I up like. We, we ended up doing like two characters per episode yeah because, because each character was so strong and had such an arc right we realized as we talked about one character it took us like a good 40 minutes to talk about right one character because everybody's arc started someplace and ended someplace that season yeah. and it just everyone had a real thing to do and, and a I, purpose and i remember saying to you when that season ended i said you know what even if this was a one season show 
that's that's an ending because it didn't end with you like cluing you in on what's going to happen next even though i thought maybe it would do that mm -hmm. i said this could have been a one season show and that was it i would have been totally satisfied yeah. with the way i would have been sad if that was right. only a one season show but it still would have been a fulfilling ending yes you know? just because it had it was so clear about where the characters are going to start and where they're going to end the sense i get from the show seeing the first season and what that trailer is telling me i'm looking at the show as just like a like a like a volume of books you know like now and you know volume one was very you know had a beginning middle and end and now we're on to volume two right mm. I, I almost said yeah. chapters of a book but i feel themes. like yeah different, totally different themes right um yeah just consistent ideas throughout and a theme instead right. of a plot i feel like discovery is driven by a plot it's like there's a thing and it's ripping up space. And like, that's the driver. They've got to save Where the day. Ideas, right? They said that it was about his, wait, what did they say? Oh, last season was about his present. And now it's going to be about his past. Something mm -hmm. like that. Right. Yeah. So like, you know, they, they've got a big picture idea of what they're doing. And it's a lovely thing to see. Yeah. I, I think whenever we talk about the show again, I think tasteful is the best is the best word to use and 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 you know look i don't enjoy making discovery the you know the, the the punching bag in a lot of these cases but like i think this and lower decks and hopefully strange new worlds and even prodigy you know you have said it a million times you're like you're like it's not hard it's not hard discovery for some reason makes it hard it's not hard it's to so do it hard. Yeah, really yeah. like they struggle yeah you can see them struggling that's the problem too is that i often say it's like you can see you can see the struggle almost manifests itself on the show you can see it yeah yes i i want to watch the show i want to get lost in the story i don't want to be seeing like oh man like i, I get what they were trying to do here but right. man wow they're really falling so yeah i just feel like i see everything so what? you know like i said like whoa this season one of the seasons like all of a sudden it just shifted and then you were like oh yeah well they changed showrunners and it's like right you know, well, you can see the behind the scenes on the screen, which is... And it was clear from the get-go that Picard was strictly a show about characters. You and I... Well, I think more me than you, I don't know. Um, I was worried when the show began, you know, is it going to be a show completely about Sir Patrick and he's not going... And is he not going to be... So is he not going to have a strong supporting cast with him? Right, right, people that can keep up with him. Right, but he does. I mean, I think yeah. that. Ra I mean, it's great to see Seven of Nine again, but you know, for, you know, let's take her out of the equation for a moment. I think that Michelle Hurd playing Raffi, I think she's one of the absolute best additions to just the Trek franchise in general. I think she is, I think she is fantastic, and I have always said, even though Raffi and Picard have a long history that we have never seen, I yeah. still buy it. I still yes, I feel like I've I feel like I've experienced those years with, with the two of them. Yes, you get yeah. it completely. Yeah. Even though it's like, yeah, he, they would have started, you know, right after we last saw him, kind right. of. But it all yes, happened off screen. Believe it. And plus, yeah, you know, the actress, she's a pro. She's fantastic. She's from one of my other favorite franchises, Law and Order, right. for many years. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So they just rock it, definitely. But also great to see Seven of Nine again, but not the seven of nine of voyager she's clearly you know she's evolved so and she's like a brand new character right yeah um and it's interesting too because she's got kind of an edge to her right 
So it's you almost think of it as like a form like a recovered addict or alcoholic or something, you know? She's right. got like that past that she can't really escape. Yeah. And she's kinda like it's always influencing everything she's doing. Yep. But it's just you know it's very well done, very effective. Like don't you like you watch that trailer and like I was watching your reaction, you were just like you know, you were like smiling ear to ear, just like, oh my god, like this is so good. Like I'm just this is yeah. like this is so exciting. Yeah, seeing yeah. Elnor at the Academy. Yeah, because they've all they're not they didn't just do something with them and then put them back to the way they were. Yes. They've clearly moved on and evolved Although, to the next in fairness, phase of their I, lives. I yeah. Many of them are going to be traveling through time with Picard. Right. Something is going. Yeah. Something is clearly going to bring them all, bring them all together. Yeah. 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 But um, yeah, I, I I love what they're doing. It's just and, you it's know, very exciting. It's, it's very exciting. Yes, and this is the show that I've sort of was the most optimistic for, and it's it's lived up to it. But I think even the use of, like, say, the USS Stargazer, if that is indeed the same one, obviously, you know... Even um, if it's not, I mean, the the name Enterprise has meant enough. But the name Stargazer can be a lot. That that is... That could be any ship. That could be any ship. It doesn't matter. But the fact that you made it the Stargazer just adds that extra level of love to it right, right? that well, extra I, that's what i appreciate that more that they just decided to definitely. go that far right but here's another thing yeah we're, it's another ship and we're actually on the bridge of it and it looks like and that's the thing we saw the bridge of the uss shanghai that that Riker was commanding at the end of last season but to be fair that was a redress of the discovery bridge right so it didn't yeah. have that visual continuity and i know visual continuity shouldn't be a big deal Right, because I didn't care that they redid the original Enterprise on Discovery. That wasn't I didn't mind that. But it has like that evolution of what we saw on the next generation. It still feels like Yes. You know, a ship of that time just twenty or thirty years later. Yes. But but my point is just that they're showing us another ship with another captain. And you know how every ship, mm-hmm. because of the captain, yep. has a vibe to it, right? Yep. And, you know, I will make the comparison again, but Discovery Discovery is part of some kind of a star fleet, yet we, we have right. never seen another ship. Right, right. So, you know, that just reminded me, seeing another bridge, like how much that can add well, with having another ship that remember, we see. Remember we were talking about how they were saying that we had seen somewhere that Picard, they originally were designing it to go like three seasons, and I said to you, let's say it did end after three seasons. I have to believe they would continue it with the with the remaining cast and just rebrand it as something. Right. Okay, well, I've got my sight set on a Stargazer show, if that's what they do, because that's what I want. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. yeah. Could you imagine? Yeah. Elnor in charge of security. Yeah. Uh, uh, science officer. Um, Elnor's on board the ship as a cadet potentially you know if he's still a cadet at that point or an ensign you know um there was a scene we didn't watch it but there was a scene where they that they showed on the ready room last week that took place on the stargazer bridge and or no it was this one i think where uh uh dr girardi is on board and he's like i could use you to come with us so like yeah science officer girardi and and yeah and like raffi is back and so they're all i mean seven's back with the rangers of course yeah but give me like, I'm now ready, like, okay, if Picard ends after season three, if he's still in command of the Stargazer after that, give me my Stargazer show. 
Yeah, yeah. Give and me they my even fucking... have her be like, you're going to be our liaison to yes. the Defenders Rangers. Yes. Give right? me... So they get into something with that. Give me my fucking Stargazer show, and I want it now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Me too. And, and I've only old, seen We can have two old... Minutes. Um, we can have old Mariner. Yep. Admiral Mariner show up. Yep. Or Admiral Boimler. Yeah. Yeah, so... Um, and that starts. Oh God, that's that starts on Thursday, two days, uh, three days from now. I'm so. Oh, it does. Yep, this week. Oh my goodness, what a week! Mm-hmm. What a week! Yep. I'm going to see Batman, the Batman tomorrow. That's tomorrow. Well, I'm going to see it tomorrow. Oh, you're going to see it tomorrow, yeah. Um, and then I'm going to see it with you on Friday. But the right. Batman tomorrow, Wednesday, I can take a breather. Yeah. Thursday, two new tracks. Yep. Including the premiere of season two. Wow. Yep. So we'll, we're gonna have a fun uh, we're gonna have a fun stream uh, next week when we discuss both episodes. So um, yeah, yeah, I'm 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 more excited for Picard now than I was last last season. Yeah. Oh yeah, because yeah. yeah, you were skeptical. I remember. I you was skeptical. skeptical. Yeah, I was. I was. They won you because over. he's not my favorite captain. I'm sorry to say, but he's not my favorite captain. I know. That. Yeah, we, I know. We all know that you're wrong about the best captain. Well, I'm not saying. I didn't say who the best captain was. I'm just saying he's not my favorite captain. You know, and I know at least one person in the chat. I know at least one person in the chat knows who my favorite captain is. So, yeah. And you know my favorite captain is Picard. Yes. Yeah. Um, At any rate, I can see you turn your camera off. Um, Thank you, everybody, who's here for tuning in. And uh, we will see you next week. If you you want to uh, chat with us, you can contact us on Instagram at... Uh, in uh, I wish to get the Instagram thing for some reason. I think it's in Star Trek We Trust podcast on Instagram, and then you can reach out to us on Twitter at Star Trek We Trust. But until then, see you next week. Peace out, everybody. Later, skaters.